G'day and welcome to Behind the Podcast with Jules and Stocks. I'm Jules and today Stocks and I went behind the podcast with Guy Scott Wilson, the content director at the podcasting company Acast. So we had some terrific insights to come out of that one. Obviously, they were very ACAST-centric, but it was just unreal hearing about some of the technologies um, that ACAST have, as well as you know a bit about their their, their creator-led business model. Um, I think it was fascinating hearing you know his origin story and how he got involved with the business after just you know getting really involved in podcasting in a series and then just you know seeing the writing on the wall in terms of what could what could happen in the future with that business and actually you know finding the companies that were working in that space and and approaching them and getting involved what do you think yeah loved it i mean as you said there's a lot of passion uh and enthusiasm that comes through through from guy a real sort of podcast evangelist in in the best way possible i thoroughly enjoyed the chat a lot of insights a lot of cool stuff they're doing over there at acast Totally. Well, Guy, why don't you tell us about that cast? I'd best describe us as uh, a hosting platform with a vision. Um, we were founded back in 2014 uh, in Stockholm, uh, which also happened to be the year that Serial was released. So there was a bit happening in, in podcasting around that time. Um, and we've been at the cutting edge, I think, of, of what's been happening in, in the medium um, since that sort of iconic uh, year zero moment that, that Serial represents to most people. Um, ACAST now has uh, feet on the ground in, in 12 different countries around the globe uh, and we've got approximately 300 million listens per month globally um, and that growth, uh, that sort of international expansion has been driven really by that vision that I mentioned um, which in simple terms uh, is a belief that all podcasters of all sizes um, should be empowered to find their audience and, and make money from, from the craft on their own terms. Um, you know, what we're trying to do is really build a, a kind of thriving and, and profitable um, and sustainable ecosystem for podcasters. Uh, and we do that through uh, a creator-centric approach. So we're not about owning IP. We're not about uh, programming content or forcing people to do things a certain way. Um, it's really about building the tools and, and services that creators need so that they can just focus on doing what they do best, which is making awesome content, uh, and we can help them succeed at that. That's great. And what, what do you think it is about the, the Swedes and audio? I mean, if, you know, from ABBA through to a whole bunch of pop producers <laughs> and Spotify and, of course, Acast. Yeah, it's in the DNA there, isn't it, for sure. Um, look, I, I think, uh, you know, the data, that they've had great data plans for a long time. Um, people have been consuming audio on the go um, for, for much longer than they have in, in other parts of the world and, and, and English-speaking countries in particular. So um, they were definitely early adopters. Um, yeah, there's something about the, the DNA uh, that lends itself brilliantly to, to audio on demand. Excellent. Hey, look, so one thing I want to get out of the way right at the top is um, you're probably the guy who's responsible for us being in podcasting. <laughs> From memory, it was like a meeting we had at Nova um, and everyone was talking radio and you grabbed me afterwards and went, uh, so radio, maybe not. What about podcasts? And it seemed like you and I were on the same wavelength. Everyone else was thinking radio, radio stuff. And then from that, we had a meeting, subsequent meeting with Heinrich. I guess you're... MD. Yeah, yeah, you're MD. Yeah. And that led to us getting into podcasts as Batuta Advocate, which led to Diamantina Media. So look, I mean, talked about before, but thank you. Thank you for getting us over <laughs> the line there. of gratitude. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It, it was a great experience. It was a, it was a wild ride um, back then. Yeah, look, I mean, I joined ACAST back in, in 2017, uh, just after we launched in Australia. Um, and at the start, it was just Henrik and myself, uh, who, as you know, Anthony is, is the MD for ACAST in this region. Um, and I guess, like, probably the majority of people in the industry here now 
Uh, I'd gotten into podcasting back in 2014, but in, in a really, really big way. Like, I, I went deep. Um, I think Serial was definitely my gateway drug. Uh, but I, I um, very quickly got turned on to shows that were coming out of the UK, things like Distraction Pieces by Scroobius Pip and, and the Adam Buxton podcast. Uh, you know, these were cultural figures that I'd always been really into for their music or their comedy. Um, but it was just really interesting watching them embrace uh, the renaissance of, of podcasting and doing different things with the medium. Um, and there was this sort of punky DIY ethos to it that really appealed to my sensibilities as a, as a failed musician. Um, and I think also a connection to home, you know, for a UK expat living on the other side of the world, it, it was a great way of keeping up to date with what was actually happening, you know, what people were really talking about, uh, all those pub conversations that I was, I was missing out on. Um, and these people also happened to be some of Acast's first podcasters over in the UK, and they, they spoke about Acast uh, quite organically, just within episodes and, and things like that. So I was aware that there was this cool little business that was helping creators doing interesting things back, back home. Um, and, and funnily enough, it, it was on a flight back to Sydney from London that I really started thinking about the business of podcasting as a career. Um, professionally, I'm from a, a digital advertising background and, and I was binging on Serial uh, on a flight back from London and I kept hearing the host read ads for MailChimp. Um, and, and I was just thinking, you know, these ads aren't meant for me. They're US-centric ads paid for out of US advertising budgets. Um, and they're just baked into this podcast. What, what a missed opportunity. There's got to be a way of making this digital and geo-targeting the ads and, and making them more relevant to the consumer. Um, and when I got back to Sydney, I, I started researching it. And it turned out that Acast, this company that I kept hearing about, had done just that. They'd invented dynamic ad insertion. Uh, and, mm. and so in that moment, all of the dots joined up. Um, when we launched in Australia, we had, um, we had no local content partners, really. And, and, and we kind of identified... Um, shows or brands or just voices that we thought belonged in the space and, and Batuta was certainly one of those you know we, we, we thought um, along the lines of my dad wrote a porno you know my dad wrote a porno this huge global sensation which is so intrinsically British in, in tone and style um, how do we go about replicating that with, with a local brand and, and Batuta was obviously top of our list um, and yeah we were in partnership with Nova at that time we, we were using their sales team um, and, and, and that was great but you know we wanted to kind of do things our own way uh, on the content side of things and, and that's how that conversation came about and we've got really fond memories of, of uh, you know the time that we were working together on that it was it was a lot of fun um, definitely I think the pod podcast gone from strength to strength and did you find Acast or did it find you in terms of when you got back off that flight were you looking for Acast or did, was it an absolute convenience that suddenly they had a job and you went I'm going for that were they standing at the baggage claim with the big guy? <laughs> we pilled you. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, if only it was that way. Um, it, that would be great. No, it, like, it was a bit of time. That was 2014. And, and I joined the business in 2017, which, which was when we launched uh, in Australia. So there was definitely a bit of time in between. I was working for a, a cool little digital publisher uh, called Allure Media in Sydney. Um, and I was just coming to the end of my, my natural kind of cycle with them. I was getting a little bit kind of itchy and, and thinking about what my next move would be. Um, I was thinking a lot about um, the commercial business behind podcasting and, and, and what that could look like in Australia. Um, and I reached out to a, a recruitment agent that I knew and just said, you know, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about my next move. Is there anything interesting happening? And he said, you should, you should chat to Henrik. The two of you would get on and, and you've got a kind of shared passion for this thing. Um, and I met Henrik once. We had a coffee. Uh, and, you know, not long after that, we were, we were kind of launching this thing together. So, um, yeah, it, it was... Uh, yeah, not a case of getting off the plane and going straight into the role, but it was kind of an itch that I couldn't stop scratching over the kind of years in between. Fantastic. And you're second man on, that means. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it was ju just me and Hage for, for quite a while. Uh, you boys have done well. 
Yeah, thanks, mate. It's been uh, it's it's been a lot, and it's it's you know a lot of hard work. Um, but we're super passionate, and, and I think um, what we've built is a real home for independent podcasters. Um, you know, there's a lot of places out there that podcasters can go and, and host their content or monetize their content. Um, but I don't think there's anywhere that feels quite like home in the same way that ACAST does for the, the partners we work with. Um, and that's probably what we're most proud about is, is building that that real family uh, kind of feeling amongst our network. What's it been like building out in Australia? I mean, you know, ACAST has a slew of uh, shows from the UK, and you mentioned a couple of them. My dad wrote a porno and Adam Buxton and... You know, destruction pieces. How have you gone about building out the local shows here, and, and what have you? What has the team sort of looked for, and who they pursue? Yeah, great question. Look, I, I feel really lucky to have the job I do, and I get to work with an incredible team of individuals. We've got uh, a four-person content team at Acast. Uh, shout out to Jordan, Adam, and Olivia, um, who are all super passionate about podcasting and, and achieving the vision um, that we have for building a, a creator economy around this medium. Um, but we also get to work with an incredible array of, of very talented creators, you know, who are some of the most passionate people that I've ever met when it comes to uh, their craft and, and, and their desire to succeed. Um, and that's really inspiring it's, it's such a great thing to be able to do every day um, and if you think about the ACAST business model as being about supply and demand I think the job of the content team is to create the supply you know to build a network of incredible content creators with highly engaged audiences um, which our sales team then connect to the biggest advertisers in the country so it's a bit like A&R you know we do that by obviously keeping our ears to the ground in, in terms of what's happening in podcasting uh, or by identifying personalities um, that we think might have an interesting point of difference in the medium and helping them to build their own form I guess similar to how we worked with you, Anthony, uh, on Batuta all those years ago. Um, or we might look at podcasters who are already using ACAST for their hosting um, and see if there's anything interesting around the data or you know, whether there are shows that might be worth um, moving into the creator network and, and working more closely with us. Um, and we work really, really closely with these creators to grow their audiences, um, you know, be it through uh, cross-promotion with other shows that might have a similar demographic or consulting with them on social media strategy or format advice, uh, refreshing the brand, um, you know, or, or just traditional publicity. We, we know that word of mouth is still the biggest driver of podcast discovery there is. And, and I'm a firm believer that if you get the right journalist talking about the right podcast in the right masthead or on the right website, um, you can really help to uh, connect a podcast to its tribe. Um, so, yeah, it's an incredibly varied and, and dynamic role. Um, I think without doubt, the most fulfilling thing I've done in my career. Um, and one thing that unites everyone at Acast is, is the genuine belief in, in the values and the vision of the business. You know, we are creator led, we're collaborative and we really 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 care the success of ACAST I think has been built as much on great people as on, on great tech and, and innovation so um, you know we're a business built on partnerships uh, and that's very important particularly in Australia where like I say there's a lot of places that you could go uh, and host your podcast the tech is is pretty great I mean you know having looked through the site I think the marketplace sort of tool that you guys have on the site then you can you could jump on and, and if you were a brand or whatever and you wanted to create you know a show either put ads on you know, on a show or create and sponsor a show yourself, you've got the ability to do that through the site. Do you want to talk about that a little bit and, and you know, how that's been, what the take-up has been like in Australia? Yeah, so the, the ACOS Marketplace is, is a, a storefront, really, for agencies to go on and, and find the audiences they're looking for. Um, and I think, again, it speaks to the role of podcasting as a channel. Um, you know, in Australia in particular, there is a sense that podcasting is kind of seen often as an extension of radio. Um, but of course, radio is a broadcast media. It's about reach and it's about scale. And podcasting doesn't have to be about that. Um, what ACAST does, I think, better than anyone is um, places brands into contextually relevant environments um, in a way that's really authentic and in a way that actually adds value to the content through kind of host-read um, integration. And so the storefront is, uh, I guess, an antidote to the, the, the rancor 
if you like. It's a way of actually finding um, the audience that's right for your brief. You know, it's not necessarily about what's the biggest podcast, but about what's the, uh, you know, what's the right fit contextually. Um, and we, again, we're really passionate about that. You know, I, I think... Um, you know, ACOS isn't a part of, of, of the ranker. Um, and, um, you know, that's that's something that we get asked about a lot. I think the ranker is another example of perhaps how the radio networks in Australia are trying to build this perception that podcasting is an extension of radio. Um, and quite honestly, we, we, we just don't believe in it. You know, it's, it's interesting because all the radio networks publish their numbers each month so we can get a really good lens on how much bigger we are than our, our biggest competitors. But it's meaningless, really, because advertisers aren't buying podcasting for scale. You know, we never get a media buyer saying, how big is Acast? We, we want to buy all of it. Um, you know, you can't do a homepage takeover of Acast. We're about integrating brands into, into the right environment. So um, the marketplace allows us to do that really well. Hey man, yeah, I saw one of the stats where you said eighty three percent of the the podcast ads are almost always relevant. You know, this is the kind of how how listeners feel about the ads that they're hearing. I mean, you can see that they are just so much more tailored to to their actual specific needs. Yeah, totally. And look, one of the things that we've done that's changed about ACAR since we were working together, Anthony, is um, building our own sales team. Mm. Um, you know, we, the Nova partnership was great for a number of years, um, but we've got a dedicated team of, of, you know, 20 plus salespeople who are out there just talking about podcasting um, and, and providing thought leadership to agencies about the types of creative that work. You know, we're not just putting radio ads in podcasts, we're, we're we're putting podcast specific ads um, into the content that we host. And I think that's important. We, uh, you know, without sounding too pretentious, we kind of see ourselves as custodians of this medium. We want to protect it for the long term and not bastardize it in, in its infancy. Um, and getting the creative right is a really, really important part of that. I agree wholeheartedly with you in that. <laughs> and you're doing a good job, man. What's your approach to or what's your pitch to a podcaster? Because as you alluded to before, you have the sort of uh, the startup podcasts are very much attracted to you they used to go to places like Wooshka but they seem to go to you a lot more now but once you're um, looking at a larger podcast what's your sort of what's the pitch I mean how do you approach them yeah look, it, it's a really good question I think as I said it's a really cluttered um, marketplace in Australia um, and I think um you know, people might be surprised when I say that. I, I, you know, that we talk about um, Australia as being one of the most crowded podcast markets in the world, but but it really is. You know, for a population of twenty five million people. You know, there's a lot of companies who are trying to offer podcasters a similar set of services to the ones that ACAST offers. Um, and certainly as a global business, when I talk to my counterparts in, in other markets, the landscapes there look very different. Um, and I think, again, partly it's driven by the radio networks. Um, you know, podcasting is a disruptor and you get the sense that commercial radio companies here would rather control it than let it succeed without them. Um, but I think, you know, for ACAST, we are a podcast company, pure and simple. We're a company who does one thing very well, and that is to help podcasters succeed on their own terms. Every dollar we make is split with a podcaster. And we hear this time and time again when um, you know podcasters leave the radio networks and, and kind of look to go independent. Um, what they find is that they're making a lot more money with Acast than they are with, with the other platforms that are out there. You know, We're not bundling podcasting with other media. Um, we're not selling it as a reach extension to a, a kind of broadcast campaign. Um, we're only selling podcasts because we really, really believe in it. Uh, you know, we believe it deserves a premium price point. We believe it can stand on its own two feet as a medium. And if I was a creator, I'd want a company like that representing me as opposed to a, a multimedia organization for whom, um, you know, let's face it, podcasting is often a very small percentage of their revenue. Yeah, and you've done a bang-up job on it. I, I think there was a run over the last 12 months where so many people I talked to said, oh, I've, got a po- I've been signed by a podcast company. I've been signed by a podcast company. I was like, oh, who is it? Who is it? ACAST, almost every time. So it's working. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, that's good to hear. And look, you know, I think the reason people like us is because of that independence. We're not in the business of owning people's IP. Um, you know, we don't. We're not producing content for people. We, we we let them do that themselves because they're the experts. They know what their what their style is and what their tone is. Um, but once they've produced it and they want to they want to make it available and they want it to succeed, um, I don't think there's anyone quite as good at doing that as as, as Acast are. Um, you know, whether it's the tech and the insights that we can provide, uh, or the support services in terms of helping people actually nurture and, and grow their audience. Um, those are things that we obsess over and, and that's the secret source for our success um, so it, it's great to hear and nothing makes us happier than when people um, you know leave a, another platform maybe slightly disillusioned because they've been promised a, a lot and, and maybe it hasn't always been fulfilled or it hasn't worked out for whatever reason um, you know they often feel like they found their home at ACAST and, and helping those people succeed um, like I say it's really fulfilling I've, I've never done a job in my career that I've been so fulfilled by um, and that's a really nice thing to be able to say how do you support uh, the podcasters in terms of you know development and things like that you've you sort of mentioned that a couple of times and, and do you have specific people within the organization who kind of you know mentor or, or help out in, in that kind of way yeah we do so we've got a four-person content team um like i said and they're kind of split roughly between people who are out there looking for new content and trying to um kind of grow our grow our network and, and, and grow our um kind of monetizable audience if you like um and then we have uh, what we call the partnerships team which are people who work in consultation very closely with the podcasters check in with them on a, on a regular frequency um help them make the right decisions about the content about the branding about the positioning um and you know just improve the overall strategy behind the podcast so um you know that's really really important that podcasters feel like they have a human team around them um who know what it takes to succeed and can share that insight um and again we're very blessed as a business um that we have a global presence a footprint around the world there's people i can go and speak to from the uk from the us from sweden you know really mature podcast markets um and gain some really valuable insights into what's happening there uh, and kind of take that information and, and repurpose it locally um so yeah it, it's a nice business model it, it works really well and i think again it's another reason that podcasters uh you know feel at home at acast because we it, it's a proper partnership we really want them to succeed and we want them to succeed on their own terms that's really interesting. You mentioned uh, more mature podcast markets. Which would you think is the most mature podcast market in the world? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a brilliant question. I, I think look, I look to the UK a lot and maybe it's because I'm, I'm, I'm British. and, and uh, <laughs> It's coming home. I, yeah, it's coming home too, too soon for sure. <laughs> uh, um, I, I think the UK is a really good benchmark for, for what's happening. There's a shared kind of cultural DNA between Australia and, New Z- and the UK. Uh, you know, we look at the kind of content trends that are happening there and think about how we can kind of recreate that locally. Um, and it works really well. Again, similar to the kind of the, the experience we had together with, with the Patuta um, podcast launch. Um, and I think it gives us a window into uh, into the future. You know, we can kind of see what's happening and go, all right, we need to get ahead of this um, and we need to get ahead of this now. So one of the things that we made sure we were deep in a couple of years ago was daily news. You know, we were talking to our counterparts in the UK um, and we discovered pretty quickly that not only from an audience perspective, but counterintuitively from a commercial perspective as well, there was huge demand for daily news content because for the first time, agencies and advertisers could buy content that was slightly more premium or had a kind of more kind of professional audience than perhaps agencies thought podcasting uh, had offered to date um, and so we were really deep in, in daily news and then obviously last year it absolutely ballooned and, and for obvious reasons yeah. you know the news was pretty pretty compe- compelling and compulsive um, and you know sure enough the IAB um, came out with their state of the nation a few months back and said that daily news was the most commercially sought after category in Australia um, by quite a long way so um, you know having that kind of lens into the future kind of uh, sets us up for success nicely in this market so um, from my perspective on the content side of the business I definitely look at the UK with, with something like daily news I mean is the A&R team out there going and recruiting people from you know journalism schools and things like this and trying to sort of see who 
might have a potential really great voice or, or do you sort of try and find someone who's a bit more established in, the, in that news space given the trust that's associated with that? Yeah, look, a, a bit of both. And I think the strategy that ACOS had when we launched in Australia was very much around working with mastheads that people recognised. Again, probably another reason mm-hmm. that me and Anthony were kind of working together. And, um, you know, we, we do work with a lot of major media organisations in Australia who, who still use ACOS for hosting and distribution and, and monetization. Um but I think as podcasting has matured, media agencies are kind of less um, risk averse than they used to be, and they're more willing to kind of get involved with voices that maybe are podcast natives or, or, or brands that they hadn't heard of until they kind of reached out to us and, and gave us the brief. So, um, you know, there's a huge number of, of really successful independent news podcasts from Australia that, that we're proud to call home and, and that have created really compelling audiences and, and really loyal, engaged communities around them. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a bit of both, but I, I think podcasting has been... Um, an interesting space for news over the last uh, couple of years because of that short form nature you know news can be fairly overwhelming at times like this um, and I think uh, you know a podcast like The Squares eight minutes long by design uh, you know it's just enough for you to kind of get in get up to date it's opinion free and then you can get out and get on with your day without being too overwhelmed or, or, or yeah. too kind of anxious about what's going on in the world and I think that's uh, that's a great reason for a podcast to exist but it also makes it very very valuable commercially. Yeah, absolutely. I've always felt that if you want to get into a daily podcast, do you have existing content that you can turn into a podcast? I guess it's such a sort of big commitment if you don't have the content to go daily. So no, totally. this is a perfect example. Yeah, and, and I think smart media organisations are obviously those that are kind of repurposing content and, and um, making it work harder for them. And podcasting is the perfect medium for that. So, um, you know, there are a number of organisations that we work with who kind of take content that they've already done something else with, repurpose it and, and make it a podcast. And, and it's, um, yeah, it's a very smart way to, to succeed. From a commercialization point of view, I mean, you, you do partnerships with various brands and things. I think you've recently launched the Mecca Talks podcast. Do you want to tell us a bit about doing those kind of partnerships with brands and having this, you know, this complete show that they own and, and they're, you know, responsible for the content that's on that? Yeah, totally. Look, I, I think we um, we get a large number of briefs from media agencies asking for a branded podcast. Um, and my first question to them is always, why do you want to make a branded podcast? Um, you know, just because you have a brand, is anyone going to listen to it just because it exists? Um, and, you know, normally, to be completely honest, when, when somebody reaches out, um, asking for a branded podcast, we recommend that they sponsor something that already exists. You know, somebody's already done the hard yards. They've built an audience. That audience trusts them. There's a dynamic there and a relationship that takes a long time to, to recreate. Um, and if you slap a logo on a, on a podcast, um, instinctively, people are a bit more skeptical about it and, and maybe um, it loses some of that authenticity. So, um, you know, branded podcasts haven't been a huge product for us as a business commercially. Um, I think the Mecca one is a really good example of a brand that does have a role to play. You know, they've got real expertise uh, in a subject matter matter um, that people are hugely passionate about Um, and I think what I love about it the most is beauty is inherently a visual kind of medium or a a visual kind of concern Um, and they're taking that and doing something really creative in in the podcasting space so the Mecca Talks podcast is all their own work they've produced it themselves um, but we've kind of helped them find a a format that we think will work in the podcast space Um, and obviously we're taking care of the the distribution and and, and the kind of audience analytics for them um, to help make sure it's something that that succeeds and, and stands up on its own two feet as a as a podcast so it's i think a really good example of um a podcast by a brand um that deserves to exist anyway regardless of whether or not it was made by made by that brand that's such a cool approach actually something that it deserves to exist outside of just the commercial arrangement if it's if it's good content then it will find you know that audience and that use yeah that's really cool 
So what's next for Acre? Good question. So we, uh, we've recently launched some um, products that I'm really excited about. So I think there's been a lot of noise recently about the subscription um, model in podcasting. And again, Acast has been at the forefront of that for a number of years. So a couple of years back, we launched something called Acast Access. Um, and again, this was aimed at kind of enterprise partners that we work with uh, for whom um, treating podcasting as a first-class citizen um, in terms of their own business models was always made difficult by the, the open distribution and the platform agnostic nature of the medium. How do you put a paywall up when someone might listen on Apple Podcasts another person might listen on Spotify and another person might listen on the Acast app for example Um, and so what we built with Acast Access was the world's first uh, platform agnostic um, paywall technology which recognises uh, a paid subscriber on whichever podcast app that they they kind of come to um, and allows you as, as the as the um, publisher to serve them uh, to dynamically serve them subscriber only content so whether that's an ad free feed or um, early release episodes or dynamically inserted bonus segments that only subscribers see um, you know really the, the, the way you incentivize that subscriber behavior is in the hands of the uh, of the publisher um, but what was really smart was it enabled people to actually build a subscription model in a platform agnostic ecosystem which was a a big challenge um, today and then what we realized was um, and we launched it really successfully with the economist and the financial times um, globally Um, but there was huge demand for for that kind of technology from independent creators as well Um, and i think again you know some of the most or many of the most successful podcasts that we represent are independent you know they don't have major media organizations behind them but what they have done is build these really really highly engaged audiences and and communities um, who are kind of super fans i guess and so um those creators deserve the chance to monetize uh, their audiences in the way they see fit as well. So ACOS Plus is kind of an iteration of ACOS Access. Um, it comes integrated with a, uh, a paywall for people who don't already have one. Um, but again, it enables you to incentivize people to become paid subscribers um, and do that through you know cool editorial integrations, um, ad-free feeds, bonus content, early release episodes, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and we also have a, a partnership with Patreon, which I'm really excited about. World um, first, you know, right? World first, yeah. And look, I think Patreon again it's done a great job for a long time at being the place that people go if they want to support a podcast beyond listening to the ads that, that the podcast sells or that ACAST sells on their behalf um, but it was fairly limited in that someone had to go to Patreon download the audio file um, you didn't get analytics on on uh, on that feed in the same way you do with your public feed um, and so using that ACAST access technology um, for the first time you can make your patron only content available wherever uh, your, your kind of audience would expect to be able to find it um, and get meaningful analytics and insights into who's listening, how, how long they're listening for, where in the world they're listening, all of those kind of things. So um, again, a bit of a game changer. Um, and again, I think it really underscores our commitment to, um, to fixing the problems that have held podcasting back for a long time, but also to helping podcasters succeed on their own terms. It's not just about putting ads in podcasts. There are plenty of other ways you can make money out of the communities that you're working so hard to build. Beautiful. Were you surprised to see the, the willingness for communities to kind of you know, support individual shows and put money towards those? It's not really sort of something I've seen too much of before where you say, here you go, Bachelor, here's you know, five bucks directly. <laughs> totally. I was really surprised. And actually, um, we launched another feature last year called Supporter, um, which was kind of a reaction to COVID and, and everything that was happening in the world. You know, a lot of the content partners that we work with, um, you know, they're artists in one sense or another, whether they're comedians or musicians, that they have um, day jobs and the revenue stream 
streams dried up overnight because of the kind of lockdowns that we were living in all around the world. Um, and supporter was uh, an ability to just make a micropayment to your favorite podcast, you know, tip them the price of a coffee um, just to keep them going during these kind of hard times. Um, and it was all done through a, a kind of link in the ACAST show notes um, and, you know, takes you straight through to the point of payment. Um, and we were overwhelmed by the response, particularly from Australian podcast consumers. Um, the average donation size in Australia and the number of donations that were made to podcasters last year was head and shoulders above any other market. Um, and I just think that was really... It was really amazing, you know, given the kind of, uh, you know, dare I say, you know, we'd been through the bushfires and then straight into COVID. Yeah. Um, there was this kind of worry, or I had a worry that maybe there was a bit of, you know, donator or supporter fatigue. Um, but we saw the opposite. I think Australians are incredibly generous and, um, you know, partly perhaps because economically this country's held up fairly well compared to other markets. But, um, you know, people are really willing to, to kind of, you know, tip their favourite podcast to the price of a coffee or whatever it may be. Um, and when people are doing that enough, it, it adds up to a really meaningful revenue stream for podcasters. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's really heartwarming when those kind of tools that we're building to kind of uh, help podcasters succeed, when they really take off and it really starts to work, um, you know, it feels good. Oh, I feel good about that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have to be an Aussie. That's good, exactly. that's good technology, though, man, as well. Yeah, it, it, it's awesome. And again, it's giving podcasters choice. And, and I think that's mm. really, really important. You know, the most important relationship in podcasting is the one between the audience and the podcaster. And you've got to be able to nurture that in the way that you see fit. And so what we're doing is building the tools and giving people the tools to do that. It's not about saying, hey, if we're going to sell you, you've got to take ads and you've got to take ads from anyone. It's about saying, you tell us the ads you don't want. And if you don't want ads at all, here's three other ways you can go about monetizing your audience. And, and here's some insights into how to get the most out of them and, and really how to make them work for you. So, um, you know, building a suite of tools that give podcasters the power uh, to monetize their content on their own terms is, is what we're all about. Okay, so what we normally do now is we get people to recommend some podcasts that they listen to. I'm a, look, I'm a big fan of storytelling podcasts. I, I think for me, you know, podcasting is a storytelling medium. Um, that's definitely the the kind of DNA of, of, of this uh, of this medium, and, and it's something that I just keep coming back to. Um, you know, and again, particularly at the moment with. Um, challenging times all around us it, it's it's a nice bit of escapism sometimes just to go and, and kind of engage with something that's that's beautifully crafted and, and takes you on a journey um we're working with a, a podcast by Stuart diver um you know he's, he's a famous name here in australia of course from the threadbow um disaster and he's got a podcast called the elements which has just beautiful sound design uh, great scripting um and just tells brilliant stories brilliant australian stories so um that's one that i definitely encourage people to uh, to get around um it's you know yeah it's it's very moving actually and, and very powerful um so that's my kind of top tip at the moment that's what i'm what i'm listening to the the final little part that we like to talk about as well is just any final little snippets of advice you'd like to give to people either creators or people who want to get into the business of podcasting you know on the other side of the microphone yeah look i I think in terms of the business of podcasting uh it's about having a passion for the medium um you know that's what's most important we're still a nascent medium it's still in its infancy and the rules are still being written and i think that creates a really exciting opportunity uh for somebody who wants a career in media um but maybe doesn't have necessarily the experience to get into certain mediums um you know experience isn't everything in podcasting um we're we're trying new things all the time and and some of it works and some of it doesn't um and so just having that passion and, and having that kind of 
of that vision and, and um, desire to help be part of something that is still in the build phase, I think is the most important kind of attributes uh, for a career in podcasting. And there are careers in podcasting now that didn't exist four years ago when we launched Acast um, in this market. Um, you know, to, to be a content director at a podcast company wasn't something that existed. Um, I was probably one of the first in Australia, and that's a really cool thing. So, um, you know, every day as the medium grows, as the revenue grows, um, you know, there are more and more opportunities to get involved in the kind of business side of this medium, which is awesome. Um, from a creator standpoint, I think um, being committed to doing something uh, is is the most important piece. It takes time to grow an audience. And I think for a lot of people, they get into the, into the space, they have a go, they don't see the returns overnight, um, and they might lose the kind of the, the momentum and, and kind of, um, you know, drop out. And often what happens is you see these people just get to the point that the audience is about to grow and they go, oh, you know, I might go and, and turn my hand to something else. So having the kind of um, the, the desire to stick with it um, and, and get through those hard yards to the point that you reach the critical mass that, that it becomes commercially viable um, I think that's the most important thing so having a, a, a regular frequency and a commitment to keep going releasing something on a weekly basis so that you're um, you're regularly hitting people you're in people's feed on a, on a on a regular basis is the most important thing when it comes to finding an audience and, and building an audience um, you know we know from from ACAR's own research that um, you know, the typical podcast listener is now listening to five podcasts at any one time. Um, so, you know, it's, it's hard to get a share of someone's attention. Um, so if you're not releasing on a weekly basis, um, it's really easy to be forgotten. Uh, and so that's that's my best advice is make sure you are you're committing to that uh, weekly frequency um, and you're sticking to it. You know, you're sticking to it even if the audience isn't growing overnight. Well, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us today um, and sharing your passion for the medium. It's been it's been very very inspiring. Yeah, is the, the, word I'm looking the for. passion <laughs> and knowledge comes through in spades. Really appreciate it, man. It's no wonder you guys are doing such a great job. No worries. Thanks, guys. Good to talk.